to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, a.k.a. The Word Church. Welcome again to another exciting episode of Faith on Fire. Again, we've been talking about uh, Galatians 3.13, where it declares, uh, Paul, Paul declares, <laughs> Christ has redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for it. For it is written, curses everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, it's still all about faith. But he said, he redeemed us from the curse, those of us who got born again, received Jesus Lord and Savior, that the blessing may come upon us. And, and my definition of blessing is the power of God that overrides the curse, meaning you're empowered to prosper and succeed in life. And the scripture says, as many as received them, him, Jesus, he gave them the right or the authority or the power to become children of God. And again, as Christians, we got to get a revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus. And again, that redeeming us from the curse of the law takes us right back to Genesis 1.26. And I'm going to read Genesis 1.26 real quick. Because Jesus came to restore everything that was stole from mankind. The scripture says in 1 John, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he may destroy the works of the devil. So everything that the devil brought in, Jesus came to, to restore, to, to uh, come against. So uh, Christ has redeemed us from the curse. So again, everything the curse brought, Jesus came to undo that. So the curse brought in sickness, death, and poverty. Because in the beginning, this was, this was God's desire for man, Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make man in our, our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the, the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. In the next verse, then God blessed them. Yes, empowered them to prosper and succeed. He blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over it. So that's what Jesus came to restore, our dominion and our right relationship back to God. And I'm re reminded of something else Jesus said. Jesus said, those who believe on me, the works that I do, shall do he do also, or they do also, and greater works. So again, I said it once and I said it again, you can do very little for God if you have the wrong image of yourself. That's what the transformation is all about, is to transform your image. God's desire, I, I wrote something right here, it says, 
uh, the message of the kingdom of God, which includes salvation. We just talk about salvation going to heaven. But the end goal is transformation. Heaven coming to earth. Remember, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God wants his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he told us this kingdom of God lives inside of you. Again, a lot of us, even a lot of pastors don't even have the revelation of the kingdom is inside of us. And we don't talk about that. We talk about getting saved and going right to heaven. So if going to heaven was the, the ultimate goal, I may as well just get saved and go get hit by a car. Well, see, you ask yourself, if, if that's all it is, why does God leave us here? Right. I mean, if that was all it get is, saved, then you would get saved and you would be gone. Right. He would take you automatically to heaven. But he leaves us here after we are saved, and, and there's a purpose to that. Well, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Right. Yeah, that the blessing of Abraham. He, God wants you to be blessed and live out the blessing. Also, it says in Romans, those who have received that abundance of grace, meaning they got saved, and the free gift of righteousness shall rule and reign in life as kings. That's the Amplified Version. So God says, when Jesus said it was finished, he meant it's finished, Father. I've done what you said. I restored, redeemed, reconciled mankind back to you. Now they can operate as they were designed to operate at the first, before Adam fell. Jesus is called the last Adam. Well, that must have been the first Adam. There was the last Adam. Well, we know what the first Adam did. He brought in sin. Well, the last Adam conquered sin death, hell, and the grave, and he's redeemed us and reconciled us back to God. See, and he's, he's, he's done that even in the sin in our life. You know, a lot of times people say, okay, I, re I recognize that he saved me from my sin. Now I'm going to go to heaven. And they think that's all that being saved from your sin means, being freed from your sin means. It means much more than that. It is not just I've been saved from all the sins that I've committed and now I'm going to go to heaven. He wants to save us from our sin also means that whatever sin that you have been doing in your life, he wants to save you from it in the sense of you no longer doing it. The power of the Holy Spirit, that's what the Holy Spirit does, gives us power over the sin in our life that we don't have to keep doing it. So a person, maybe, I don't know what your sin was. Maybe your sin was gossip. Maybe it was anger. Maybe it was lying. Maybe it was stealing. Maybe you're a murderer. Maybe, maybe it was whatever. just being born. Whatever, whatever the... <laughs> Most people have one sin in their life that more than anyone. Yeah. What it isn't that he just saved you so that you were saved from those sins in the sense of now they don't count against you, although that that's true. Also, he wants to save you from continuing to do them. If you were a liar before you got saved, he doesn't want you to continue to be a liar. He wants through the power of the Holy Spirit to give you power to no longer be a liar, to no longer be a thief. To no longer be whatever that sin was. He wants to free you from your sin. I was talking to somebody yesterday about that exact same thing about Scripture says, he who stole, let him steal no more. Right. He wants to free you from right. that sin. He wants sin. to free anything that had you had, had you captivated. And there's a lot of things that had us captivated because we were conformed to this world before we got born again. So now you got to be conformed to the kingdom of God. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And again, that sin nature is just in people when you get born again. So you're going to have a lot. You probably have, like you said, you may have a dominant sin, but you got a lot of things that were not godly because we've been programmed by the world system prior to get born again. Now you get born again. Remember, you get baptized, submerged, not sprinkled. 
And then you uh, you start being transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Bible says over in Isaiah, prophesied, he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. So as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts higher than yours. So now God said, I want you guys to come up to thinking like me. Remember, Jesus was the pattern son. He came to show us how the first Adam was designed to operate on the earth. He didn't come as God. He came as the son of God. And he came to demonstrate to us, and he did it. And everything he did, he demonstrated to God. He said, I don't do anything the Father doesn't tell me to do. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See me, you've seen the Father. But remember, when the disciples, his students, his pupils, didn't measure up to what he was teaching them, he always said to them, oh, ye of little faith. He was basically dissing them. But it was, he was encouraging them and challenging them to come on up to this level. Think like I think. Look how I am. When they were on the boat and the winds got boisterous, the disciples got fearful. Jesus was cool. He was just kicking back. Then they woke him up, you know, afraid. And he says, he just spoke to it. Again, he was using that as a lesson, an object lesson. He spoke to it and said, peace be still. He went back to sleep. And they say, who is this guy? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Well, that's the way Adam was meant to operate in the beginning. Remember, he told Adam, whatever you name these animals, whatever you say, that's why words are powerful. Whatever you say, it'll be. Whatever you call this, if you call this giraffe a monkey, that's what he's going to be. But you call it what you want to call it. So Jesus called that storm, cease, be still. He told it to go sit down, and the storm obeyed him. He spoke to the fig tree, told it nothing will come off of you ever again. Well, what happened? So we're made like that. So again, as we're being transformed by the renewing our mind, the Bible says over in Corinthians, we believe, therefore we speak. We got to start speaking what thus said the Lord. Jesus said it. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. A lot of us Christians don't know what the word of God says, so we're not speaking that. We're speaking the circumstances. We know what the circumstance says because we've been watching too much television. Yeah, the television's been get, telling you a vision. You need to get in the word of God and let the word of God through the Holy Spirit tell you a vision and See, make that your reality. And this is why it was so important that Jesus had to leave and the Holy Spirit come because his disciples never really understood who he was and understood mm -hmm. even who they had been called to be until Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And that boldness came and, upon them. And all of a sudden now they have the Holy Spirit and they're completely different people than they were before. And so even when they had Jesus, they didn't fully understand all that he was trying to tell them. As the Holy Spirit comes on them, now they understand all that he was trying to teach and, and who he had called them to be. And they're able to do things that they weren't able to do before. You know, you look at Peter. I love Peter. He, as Jesus is being arrested, Peter denies him three times. And yet shortly thereafter, the Sanhedrin brings Peter and John both in because they'd healed the man in Jesus' name. They tell him, knock it off. He says, I'm not going to stop. You know, before he was scared of a little girl in a courtyard. Now, all of a sudden, the Sanhedrin's telling him to stop. He says, I'm not going to do it. I got to follow what Holy God Spirit says. on him. Right. That, and that's what it is. The Holy Spirit came on him, gave him wisdom, gave him power, gave him courage, gave him strength. And that's what we have. And, you know, we've been talking about it. And you were talking about it earlier. That's what we have. It's just unfortunate that so many Christians don't understand they have it. Well, because you know why they don't understand they have it? Because it's not being preached. A lot of people, a lot of denominations don't preach the purpose of the Holy Spirit. He's like, oh, that's not a part of our doctrine. What do you mean not part of your doctrine? This is basic. This is elementary. Right. This is in the book of Acts. I mean, that's well, I they... mean he, he tells us in Galatians, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. That's right. what we have. Right. That's the problem. That's the spirit that Adam lost in the garden out of being disobedient. Listen to Satan. He lost that spirit. 
that connection with God. So when you get born again, the spirit that comes back and lives inside of you. You're married to Christ through the spirit. In the, in the scripture, Jesus said it in John 15. He said, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Uh-oh, a, the yeah. words that I speak to you uh, right. it's are the, spirit it's and they're alive. It's the spirit that gave Peter courage. It was the spirit that gave him boldness. It was the spirit that gave him it everything. Is. It was the spirit that gave Paul the ability to preach and teach that he did. That uh, it was the spirit, spirit that worketh in us. Amen to that. And <laughs> But there's too many Christians running around today who don't realize it is that same spirit. They say, man, I wish I could be like you know Peter. What? I wish I could be yeah. like Paul. But guess what? You have the same well, spirit that said, in you that he had. With that said, I'm going to say get in a good Bible-based church and find out who you are. Don't go to a church that ain't teaching you nothing about who you are in Christ because they'll teach you something. They'll teach you They'll give you a, a, water, a watered-down gospel. And, and Jesus didn't come preaching a watered-down gospel. Uh, he was a little extreme with his message, too, because the religious people always kind of set him up. or well, They didn't like us. him. They didn't well. like him. So <laughs> a lot of us are sitting in these churches and, and not getting any understanding. We just go in there to get a feeling and, and socialize. It's another club. We've made it out of a Sunday club. But... What are you doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Are you going out advancing the kingdom? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit, the flow, the anointing that's on you to, to be released? Are you going into all nations and, and being a blessing to people? You know, I wrote something else right here in my uh, notes about who we're supposed to be as Christians. Let me see where is that at right here. Okay, here it is right here. Uh, what did I say? Realize nothing happens unless the church prays. And another word for pray is speak. Speak the word of God. We take ownership when we pray or speak for the success of our meetings. That's why we pray every time before we start this session. Meetings, our ministries, our businesses, communities, our cities, and the direction of our government. With the prayer of faith or speaking faith, we can command the outcome from a superior position and vantage point. Because we're seated together, far above principalities and powers, it says that in Ephesians 2, 6, that we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. And again, we said that yesterday, we're heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. So we have a heavenly position. So when we decree and declare things, remember, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Once you realize that you're back connected to God and you have citizenship in heaven and you're a representative and you're down here to advance the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of so-and-so, the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. We're here to advance the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who is he going to use? Us. But you have to know who you are in Christ. Well, see, and then what you said there earlier, pray before your meetings, pray before church, pray for business, pray before everything. And and I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about this issue for one day in that people think, well, I've been going to work at that job for 20 years. I know that job forward and backward. There's nothing could happen to that job that I don't know what to do. And so they don't pray before they go to work. They don't pray before they go to the grocery store. I'm just going to the grocery store. What do I need to pray for? I'm just going up the street on a walk with my dog. What do I need to pray for? I'm just going here. What do I need to pray for? We need to be praying all the time that God would put people in front of us that we might share the gospel with, that, that he would use us, that he would give us wisdom, he would give us words. So when you go to work, you need to pray that God would open your eyes, that there would be some opportunity at work that you could be a blessing to somebody in some way. Maybe 
You say, well, they won't let me preach Jesus to people. They won't let me grab people by the lapel and say, brother, you're going to hell without Jesus. But you know what? There's all kinds of ways that we can be a blessing, that we can water, that we can plant a seed without having to preach the entire gospel to people. The same thing can happen at the grocery store. The same thing can happen while you're walking in your neighborhood as you talk to a neighbor. We need to be praying all of the time that God will open our eyes to the situations that we're in, not just saying, oh, I've done that before. I know what to do there, and I can do it on my own. We need to be praying and, constantly. And then again, a lot of people, when, when we say pray, when they hear the word pray, initially their thoughts probably go hit my knees. Get on my knees and pray. I can't be on my knees praying all day. No, you can pray while you're walking down the you street. You can pray while you're driving in your car. You can pray while you're driving in your car. You can pray. And here's the simplest definition of prayer. Talking to God. That, well, see, that's what I always tell yeah, people. You can talk to God anywhere, anyhow. But here's the thing. Here's one thing I found about God, and this is scriptural. He watches over his word to perform it. So when you're talking to God about what he said in his word, about speaking in line with his kingdom coming, his will being done on earth as is in heaven. He says, okay, I got to do that. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass. He says, I watch over my word to perform it. So the word that goes forth, and we have- Never as, returns as, void. And we, as ambassadors, we have the authority to speak on behalf of the Father. Speak his word. And he makes it happen. We don't have to worry about it happening. He just said, open your mouth. And we don't want to open our mouths. Well, first of all, you got to study to show yourself approved and find out what the will of the Father is. His will is always found in his word. And his word is always his will. So when people tell me they don't know what the will of God is, you just told me you don't know what the word of God is. Because it's right here in this book. It's 66 books in the Bible full of the will of God. So pray and speak in line with that. Now I can almost hear somebody saying to themselves, you know, you guys are just, the word says it so it's true and that's all you believe and I, I've got to have more. You know what? Where I'm at, if God said it, that's that's enough for me. And there may be Christians out there whose attitude is not that. But for me, if thus saith the Lord is the ultimate thing. I want my mind to be transformed. I want it to be renewed. I don't want it. I know what I used to think. I know all the things I used to believe. Now I want to make sure that what I believe measures up to what God says. So if he says something in his word, I may have to change my mind about what I believed my entire life. But if that's what I have to do, that's what I have to do. Because what he says is what's true. What he says is what's trustworthy. What he says is right. And I have to transform my thinking to his. Amen. And just I'm going to piggyback on what you just said here. Over in Romans chapter 3, verse 3, it says this. For what if some did not believe? Some people don't believe what we're talking about. So he says, for, if, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Verse 4, certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man be a liar. So if God said it, as far as we're concerned, it's true. Right. If God shows up today and say, today's Sunday. Okay, I guess we better get ready for service because it's Sunday. Because whatever God says is so. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's sovereign. So we have to, that's what it means to have faith in God. God, I mean, I understand it. It may not logically make sense to me, but because you're the author, because you're the father and you know best, okay, 
Mary said that. When he came to her, the angel came to her and said, you are highly favored of the Lord. You're going to get impregnated. She didn't go through all this rigmarole. She said, be it unto me according as you said. I receive it, basically. It don't make sense. I ain't never seen nobody get pregnant without a man, but Holy Spirit, angel, if you said it, okay, let it be done. And he also told her, and by the way, your, your cousin Elizabeth, she's six months. <laughs> and, and she's way past bearing years. Okay, I believe that too. And that's the way to we see her. Yeah, and we're right to see her, and the baby leap. So that's who we are. We're faith people. We don't make sense. We make faith. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So whatever God says is so. That's what you have to believe to ignite your faith on fire. Believe what he says in this word, not what your feelings say, because your feelings will lead you all over. Your emotions, that's what E from emotions means. E means to move you. Those emotions that have you, you'll be feeling like this and that. Remember they say, do what you feel. No, don't do what you feel. Just do it, no, Nike. Do, just do yeah, it. Yeah, no, well, do that's the, some of the worst advice you could possibly have. Well, 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 if it's doing the word, just just believe. So we got to believe and trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and uh, in all your ways. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Well, how can I acknowledge him? Acknowledge what he said in his word. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your path. See, and, I, and our feelings do betray us all the time. All because the time. people feel like the, 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 last time, the last time, you know, if you're listening, the last time you felt like saying something mean or rude to somebody, you felt like it. <laughs> when you did it, you felt like it. It wasn't what God would have wanted you to do, but your feelings betrayed you. Your feelings said, I'm going to say this. I'm going to do this. And this happens to us. The last time you gossiped, you felt like gossiping. The last time you did anything that was a sin, at the moment you did it, you felt like doing it. Your feelings betrayed you. And so we have got to come around once again to what is it that God wants us to do. Our feelings, our feelings aren't always good. Our feelings aren't always right. The last, you know, last time somebody robbed a bank, they felt like it when they did it. They had all kinds of good reasons in their own mind why they should do it. Well, as you were saying that, I was thinking of Jesus. What the word says: We walk by faith, not by feelings. Or feelings mean sight. And and Jesus demonstrated that to us as they was sending him to Calvary and spitting on him and crucifying him. I bet he felt like saying a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> and he could have said it too. He could have said it, but but guess what? He said something. He said something that he probably didn't feel like saying. Father, forgive them, them, but they know not what they do. I'm pretty sure he, his body, his flesh said, say you in pain. Start crying out. Call them this. Talk about their mama. Do something. But he well, said, I mean, he could have just done whatever he wanted. He could have taken out the whole crowd. Well, he could act on his feelings, but he walked by faith because he knew what his assignment was. He knew what the father told him to do. So that's what he, he was a doer of the word. But see, and then even, even another aspect of our feelings, see, our sight our feelings might tell us, boy, times are desperate. You know, you just lost your job. You've got a lot to worry about. You need to be constantly worrying. And yet, what does Jesus say? Do not worry. So now I can follow my feelings, my feelings which are telling me, if there ever was a time to worry, this is it. If there ever was a time to get down, this is it. Or do I listen to what Jesus said when he said, do not worry, but by everything in prayer and thanksgiving, give it unto God. Wh who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe my own feelings, which tells me, man, now's the time to worry, or well, am I going to believe Jesus? Well, am I going to believe, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches but and glory But who am I going to believe? Jesus. See, because my feelings are strong. Well, my feelings are telling me now's uh, the time uh, to worry. A, as a maturing spiritual Christian, not a carnal Christian, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. But I'm gonna everybody believe, has that decision I, I know, to make. I know, but I'm going to believe what the Word says, and here is what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to start speaking what the word says, because I understand that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And I can, because I'm being redeemed, restored back to the verse. I can say some things and it come to pass, but I'm only going to, only going to say what's written. That's how Jesus defeated Satan. He said, it is written. That's all he kept on saying. It is written. He used the sword of the spirit, which was the word of God to defeat Satan. He didn't pick up a stone or stick or bat and hit him with it. He kept, he hit him with the word. It is written. That's what you're supposed to do in the midst of your trials and tribulation. It is written, my God shall supply See, and, and all my And in the needs. same way the devil came to him, that's what the devil does to us. We, we lose our job, we're down, and the devil comes to us and says, you know what, God doesn't really care about you, because if he did, this job wouldn't have been lost. Well, yeah, yeah. God doesn't well, really care about you, because this wouldn't have happened. What, but as you're growing spiritually, you'll understand that the devil distorts truth. He told Jesus that. He says, it's also written that if you cast yourself down, he'll catch you. Jesus says, it's also written, too, that you should not tempt the Lord your God. So you have to... You have, that's how we war. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We war with the word. So you got to know more truth about your daddy, your Abba Father, than Satan knows. Jesus knew that. Jesus knew who he was. Remember when he got baptized, the heavens opened up and said, this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. So Jesus was cool. He knew his position. So now he goes into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And he defeats him, you know, in that particular battle. And we know at the end, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he went down to hell and took those keys back and redeemed us. So me and you can preach the gospel. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's a good preacher. Amen. Yeah. There you go. Let her go. Yeah. So uh, we just got to have faith but, in but God. But see, it comes back to once again remembering who you are. Mm-hmm. So when the devil comes to you in a downtime, maybe you haven't had a job all this whole year, and it's coming up to Christmas, and you're wondering what you're going to do, and and the worry is great, and the fear is great, and the depression is great, and the devil's just coming to you saying, you know what, God doesn't really care, God doesn't really care. We have to remember who we are. I'm a child of God, and God really does care, and he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, and that I don't have to worry. I don't have to be in fear. I don't have to be depressed. Now, I know that um, you may think you need to be. The circumstances are such that you think that's where you should be, but you do not have to be. You can choose to believe God. You can choose to remember who you are in Christ, that you are a child of God, and that he will withhold nothing from you that you need, and that you can have peace and calm and courage and hope and strength and joy no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, and remember, just to keep keep. Keep declaring the word. The Bible says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. So as we're increasing in the the knowledge of the Lord, speak it. And that's going to include this episode of Faith on Fire. And I just want to say, remember that we walk by faith and not by sight. And keep walking by faith. Amen. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.